Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 114 of the In Squash podcast today. Sivasangari Subramaniam is my guest. Uh, she currently sits at world number 42. Uh, she was voted as the Young Player of the Year for 2018. Uh, right now, she's balancing uh, her PSA tour with her studies at Cornell. She plays number one for Cornell, and obviously uh, studies are a priority, so she uh, uh, sort of PSA tour events have taken somewhat of a backseat, although she's definitely uh, made a name for herself this year with big wins over the likes of uh, Allison Waters and uh, Amanda Sobey, amongst others. I mean, she's had, she has a handful of wins over girls ranked much higher than her. Her ranking has suffered maybe a little bit. Uh, she was ranked higher than 42, I think, last year. She took a, or two years ago, when she took a uh, gap year from her studies uh, and then proceeded to attend uh, Cornell. And, um, yeah, she's, she's had some uh, great victories over girls ranked higher than her in the PSA. So I think uh, we're just seeing the beginning of what could be a, a, a great career for her on, on the professional tour and also uh, following in the footsteps of other uh, girls on tour that have uh, done well on the PSA, like uh, Amanda Sobey, uh, who came from Harvard, uh, Sevasangari from Cornell, got to the final, I think, last year in the U.S. varsity uh, uh, individual event but it was great chatting with her uh, today and we talk about several different things including uh, what it was like for her to take that gap year and spend uh, uh, time full-time on the PSA tour her rivalry with uh, current world number 11 Hanya Al-Hamami uh, that dates back to their I think under 13 or under 15 days in juniors and it continues uh, right up till today uh, she has a lot of respect for Hanya and uh, how far uh, she's taken her career till now um, then we also talk quite a bit about uh, adjusting to life in America, you know, being from Malaysia and sort of uh, not used to city life. I think she only spent uh, maybe a year or so or two in Kuala Lumpur um, and then moved to the U.S. So it took her maybe a little bit to adjust that first year uh, at Cornell and also to adjust to, to life as a student after the gap year and to see her maybe the, the professional game, which she cares so much about, obviously. You can hear it uh, in, in this uh, podcast. Uh, but now I think she's gotten her head around uh, life as a student, her studies, and how to balance that. Uh, we talk quite a bit about that. It might be of some value to, to parents and, and uh, junior players out there to, to listen to this because uh, what she has to say about balancing that is quite uh, important. And then also I wouldn't... Uh, uh, I had to ask her about uh, the impact Nicole David has had on Malaysian uh, squash, on her squash, and she has some great anecdotes about the times that she spent and the, the influence that uh, Nicole has had uh, on her career. So I know you're going to uh, enjoy this. this Sivasangari Subramaniam, episode 114. And today, episode 113, I'm really, really happy to have on uh, one of the rising uh, stars on, on the women's uh, tour these days. She's currently ranked uh, number 42 in the world. Uh, I believe uh, she has 11 PSA titles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she's uh, last year's uh, U.S. Varsity Women's Individual uh, Finalist uh, on the individual side, and she plays number one for Cornell at the moment. She's a 2018 Malaysian National Champion, and uh, she's had a great season so far. Uh, Sivasangari uh, Subramaniam, uh, 
Savasangari, great to have you uh, on the podcast and thanks so much for, uh, for doing it. Yes, no problem. Hi. 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 Uh, no, yeah, you just got out of class, uh, Savasangari. So uh, how, was, how were classes today? I hope they weren't too boring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to the end of the semester. So I think like we're just looking forward to Thanksgiving and then it's and then it's just study break and then exams and then it's it's Christmas it's the end of the semester you know so right just looking forward to it I'm going home in December oh that's fantastic yeah I have a daughter uh, over well in my hometown studying uh, her it's her first year at university as well so uh, I know what you're going sort of know what you're going through uh, through uh, her stories so uh, good luck with all of that yeah thank you yeah. Now, first of all, I just wanted to, uh, I also, I just noticed and I retweeted uh, your tweet uh, actually just a few minutes ago. You uh, Were you watching the World Open final? I know you, uh, the Men's World Open, uh, you just retweeted uh, Tarek, uh, that Tarek had yes. won it. Did you watch the final? Or you were in class, right? Um, yeah, I was in class, but I was just looking up at the scores and because I think these two players are like, they're like, they're, I think... I'm not sure, but I think Paul's like, like he has never got to a final in like a world world champ or world series event. So I think it was really interesting, like to see what what the score gonna be like because uh, they've got really close matches mm. previously. So, but I think like Paul was also like really happy getting to the finals and also probably a bit tired because he had like few long matches and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm really happy Tariq won because, like, I feel he's like one of the nicest person on tour, and well, I mean, I look up to Radim as my idol, so I mean, obviously, I'm happy for them. So yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, both of them really played well, well deserved. Uh, I w- I watched most of the matches uh, leading up, yeah. and uh, like you said, uh, Paul had some real. He had one long match. Uh, I forget I who he. Against uh, Mossad, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that was a good match. That was really good, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. nail biting. Mm-hmm. Really close there at the end, but uh, it was fantastic uh, to see Tarek win. I mean, he, uh, in his uh, little sp- his speech there that he gave at the end, uh, he mentioned that um, he had, you know, he had never gotten to a, a platinum uh, final, I believe, or never won a platinum event until this one, the world open. So, uh, I mean, it just goes to show, uh, uh, you know, put in the hard work and, uh, and you'll get the, the yeah. results, doesn't it? You just have to be patient with it because like, I feel like Tarek is always just watching Ranim win and, you know, he's always there for her, but I always feel like he also deserves it. I mean, like he would get it one day and like, yeah, this is the day, you know, like I'm happy for both of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, congrats to him. And uh, now I just want to uh, get into talking a bit about uh, about your career before before we go into it any uh, or too deeply. I just want to know. I, I know you had to uh, withdraw or or quit during one of your matches. I think it was in Detroit, and uh, you tweeted it was the first time you that that you'd ever had to uh, pull out of a match. So uh, how's your your injury? I think it was your uh, hamstring injury. Uh, how's that coming yeah. along and uh, have have you uh, made, has it started to heal or is it healed yet? Um, it's slowly healing. I had like a really bad strain on my hamstring 
which means like it's just a small tear, like really small tear. But like I took a week off now, just doing, um, just going, uh, seeing my physio and like going through all these rehab programs. So, I mean, I feel better. I got on court yesterday doing some solo and just like some light practice with coach and. I mean, I'm feeling better, but like I just felt really bad pulling out in a tournament because I've never done that in my life, and like I never wanted to lose just because of it of an injury, and like I would know how the opponent would feel because they might be thinking like, oh, like they. I mean, obviously, like my opponent played well to like be two one up, but like to be pulling out after that, I mean, I felt bad, but I just had to because um. I yeah I'm, I was not feeling good on court so I just needed to pull out. I mean I'm yeah. getting better so hopefully hopefully everything goes well and I could come back slowly. Yeah, is it sort of a it's something you're you're proud of, right? Something you're proud of never having uh, done that before. So I can just I can imagine uh, why you didn't you didn't want to do a, a pull out of that. Match. Yeah, because. Yeah, because um, I've played with few players, and then, I mean, if even if we finish the match, I've got, I've got, I've seen players just telling, oh, they were injured during the match, or they were like, not fit, or they were having some kind of problem, which I've gone through that feeling, which is like not, not a good feeling, but yeah, this time, I, I was, I, I, I mean, th- that time, like I did that in Detroit, so. I really felt bad, but I think that was the right decision. I talked to my coach. Um, I talked to uh, David, um, my coach back home, and they all said that I did the right decision. I don't have to feel bad because if I were to play, I mean, if I were to continue the match, it would have gone worse, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, actually just had uh, uh, Amanda Sobe, uh, someone who you just recently beaten. I'll, I'll talk to you about that a little bit later on. But she she'd also had to pull out. I think it was of the U.S. Open, a, a tournament that yeah. she really really cares about a lot. And uh, and I think she was probably capable of, of playing. But uh, according to what she said to me, she just decided that it wasn't worth it. So I guess that's kind of what maybe what you were thinking. Yeah, I mean because I had two good tournaments back-to-back U.S. Open and also the World Champs and then probably all because of the traveling and like I was when I came back to Pana I had a few exams so probably all that stress and then my body was was not able to cope with it and like I think yeah I just broke down in Detroit I couldn't push myself anymore and I think well I think like I just had to take a break and figure out what to do next you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had, uh, leading up to that tournament, you had, you had some great, uh, great results, uh, basically beginning back uh, in July all the way up to that point. So yeah, I guess your body, maybe your body was just, uh, had had a bit too much squash, uh, leading up to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually like if, I mean, I was, Detroit was going to be my last tournament before, um, this college season starts like for now, because, um, Obviously, I can't play much uh, PSA tournaments during the season because I have ma- I have college matches every weekend, like most of the weekends. So I thought Detroit would be the last one, but um, obviously, uh, US Open and World Champs was an unexpected results for me. So yeah, yeah I, I couldn't do much in Detroit. I mean, 
I'm happy, but also like obviously frustrating to be like pulling out of a tournament just because of an injury. So yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it sounds like a, I mean, you had some, like we said, you, you had a lot of squash before that. So that, I mean, I guess that, that very easily can happen if you're, you're putting that much strain that you're not used to on your body, but you're only, you're only 20 years old. Correct. I think, I think you're 20, right? Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you're only 20 years old, but yet you've won already 11 PSA titles. Now, uh, I guess, you know, you started on, on the pro tour maybe in 2014. Would you say this is where you thought you would be at the stage in your career, having won uh, 11 titles already and made really good runs in, in uh, big tournaments like the U.S. Open? Or do you think you've exceeded your expectations uh, till now? Um, well, I could say, I mean, well, winning... 11 PSA titles I mean that's that's pretty good that that is good like for me I feel really good but um when I won the first I think six or seven titles it was just all like 5k tournaments probably back home in Malaysia which yeah. really boosts my confidence level because like I mean winning a 5k tournament is is still something for me because I used to play all these 5K tournaments when I just started PSA and I couldn't even get into the main draw. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, and then getting the win and like just back-to-back -back tournaments, I, I felt really great. And then I think I won like 110K and then I won a 20K in St. Louis this year, which actually made me really... Because, I mean, obviously... I took a gap year before coming to Cornell, just playing full time. I, right. yeah, yeah, you I you like, got your ranking up quite, I mean, higher than what it is now, didn't you? You were you yeah, were around thirty six. My highest or? was thirty eight. My highest was thirty eight. Okay. But yeah, um, that's that's because I played um, quite a few tournaments when I took my gap year, and then um, when I played St. Louis this year. I was already in Cornell and when I won, I, because obviously it's tough to balance both squash and studies. Sometimes I just feel like giving up, but after I got that win in St. Louis, um, I, I knew like I was still on track and I could play with all these top 30 players and like mm. do well. So, I mean, yeah. And then coming to US Open and World Champs, obviously that was beyond my expectation. Like, I mean, uh, for U.S. Open, definitely I wanted to win the first round. I played Colleen. I really wanted to win that match. And then there's a close three, two. Yeah. And then I had to play Alison Water. I mean, she's really experienced and like a top oh, yeah. 10 player. So I did not thought about, like, I just wanted to give my best and give everything I could because, like, it's it's just a tournament, you know, like a PSC, another PSC tournament, which I really have to push myself. And see how far I could go, and then getting that win really like I really felt good. Like I felt like all my hard work was like paying off. And then playing SJ, I think I did well in that match as well. Just I had I had, I need to like be I I just got to learn from all these matches, you know? Because mm. yeah, I watched that all... match. That, that was a really really exciting match. I mean, uh, SJ, she's probably unlike any other player on, on the, on the tour, right? Yeah. She's such a big, you know, so tall. So, 
and great, and she moves well. And I don't think there there are many on the tour that can do what she can do with the ball. Yeah, very different player because like even when I practice here yeah, or like even when I train, I don't train with those kind of players who's like really big, you know. So, I mean, to play her, you have to really have like some good tactics and you have to be mentally strong. I mean, like at that stage, you just have to use your mental strength and I mean, physical as well, but obviously yeah. she was much more experienced and I, I felt like I learned a lot from US Open. Then I came home, I worked with uh, Coach um, Coach Palmer here. And then I went for the World Champs in Egypt, which was probably a week after US Open. Um, I had to play Amanda Sobi in the first round. I mean, <laughs> I thought I, I thought I could get a better draw, but like, I was like, okay, like, it's fine. Just go and play, you know, like anything can happen. Like, just play your best. And I got the win, which was really surprising. I mean, I bought the ticket the day after to get back to Cornell <laughs> okay. because I had an exam, but yeah. I had to change my flight. And then, yeah, and then winning Milu. I mean, obviously that match was tough because um, I've been playing a lot of top players and I've got no pressure. And then Milu was like around my level. Like I could say yeah. like around the ranking wise, it's around my level. So like, it was also like I had pressure on myself, but I just told myself just go in and play. And then, yeah, I got the win and then I played Hania. I mean, that's just another junior rival. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm going to talk. I mean, I'd like to ask you about, about that rivalry in a minute. And you, you've pretty much answered my next three uh, questions with that one answer. So, <laughs> so no, I was going to ask, I was going to say, I mean, you went into the season, uh, started in july for you i think you won the australian open and then uh yeah so you must uh, i mean that 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 was a good way to to start the season and then you won as you mentioned uh later on uh in st was that st louis was before that wasn't it uh yeah st louis, before, st. louis yeah. was before that and then it was australia but uh now did was there anything you did in particular over the summer that may have uh sort of given you this uh injected the this a higher level of squash into your game or was that just sort of the way things were going for you uh over over the last little while yep um st louis was last semester it was like it was before summer so yeah. i was pretty much still studying cornell and that was during my spring break so i just went and played st louis because that's the time when i can play tournaments you know so but yeah i feel like when i came to the U.S. I mean, obviously, I chose Cornell. One one of the main reason was because of uh, David Palmer. I mean, yeah. obviously, his, his experience. So that was like one of the main reason I chose Cornell. Yeah, I've been training with him really hard. For me, I feel that if you really want to go far, you have to like work really hard, and in training and like push yourself so that you could go further. Mm. And he, he's the guy I, known for that, isn't he? You know his nickname, yeah, right? Do you know his nickname? Uh, yeah, the um, Marine. The Marine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he, does yeah, he, is he like a Marine sergeant out there when, when he's coaching you? Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, we've got his schedule and like, I think uh, he really helped my game a lot recently. And also my mental strength. I feel like I'm much more stronger mentally. And yeah, it's, I felt it really helped. Like 
that's why like I felt St. Louis, I felt good playing St. Louis and then winning the tournament definitely like boost my confidence. And then Australian Open was during my summer break because I had to play like at least a tournament that was during off season. So like there wasn't much, but there was like a 10K in Australia, which was Australian Open. And then I went to play there. I mean, that was not my best squash, honestly, but like I just had to like, keep playing you know like sometimes mm. it's just not ready and you just have to keep going like just keep running well it's good that there. good that even though you didn't have your best squash you could still manage uh, to get yeah, a win. yeah i yeah i think that's just from all the mental strength that i worked with um coach david here back home so i mean back in cornell so i feel yeah i feel stronger and i mean summer break um yeah obviously i trained home but also i was kind of like a holiday mood kind of thing because I mean going home it's it's just different mm. I mean obviously I trained with my coach back home uh, coach Ajas the head coach from Malaysia right now yeah but also I was also like hanging uh, spending time more with my family and friends because um yeah it's just break maybe that then, puts you in the right frame of mind yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I still, I still kept training, like I still kept pushing myself and all. But yeah, I think I took a week off after Australian Open, just no squash at all, just went for holiday, and then I came back to Cornell pretty fresh. I mean, obviously this semester is much better for me because I'm much scheduled and mm. I feel like well, I'm you've adjust- probably it. adjusted a bit more to to life, yeah, uh, yeah. to college yeah, life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant, like, because being so far away from home, it was so tough for me, like, last semester, like, it was just so tough, like, I couldn't really get into it, I was just homesick for, like, quite long and things Mm. like that, but I felt so much better this semester just getting into it and just keeping myself really occupied with training and classes and, you know, and just studying, so I feel good, yeah, I mean, obviously this semester is much better and, like, I definitely train much harder because obviously the weather is better as well. So I could do some outdoor training with the team and coach and all. And I felt much fitter. So, mm. I mean, obviously all that helped me to perform really well in the U.S. Open World Champs. I mean, obviously you, you throughout the years, traveled a lot playing, uh, playing squash uh, overseas and you know, as a junior and then as a pro. But uh, how is that, uh, you know, moving from uh moving your home basically from malaysia to uh to new york to cornell uh how was that adjustment there in that that first year what were the the biggest challenges for you uh, uh that you had to overcome that you have overcome now i i guess uh, in the beginning um well um i've never been so far away from home before like for a long it's a world away I- isn't it malaysia and uh yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> And also, like in Malaysia, I wasn't in a boarding school or whatever because I was just, I was just going to school and then staying home and then going for training and always staying home. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I was at home. Where else? My brother, he he was in a boarding school and he he was away. He was studying in Malaysia, but he also was like during high school. He was like away from home. I think. I mean, that would definitely help because it you're away from home. But for me, it's different. But so I feel like, I think like probably five years back, I moved from my hometown um, to the city of Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. Yep. 
yeah. that was a big shift as well. So I feel like that it was like an, I think I felt like this was a second move, you know, like I've experienced it once, but it was, it was not away from home, but like home, home, like hometown to like a city. It's a really different environment as well. Mm. Yeah. And then this time moving from Malaysia to New York, I mean, to Cornell, it's, it's every way much worse compared to moving from Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. I bet, yeah. But, how, how about the weather? I mean, that must have been exactly, just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Especially the weather, like during winter. Yeah, it's 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 just, yeah. I, I think I'm used to it now. Like I'm so much better. Mm. Like last semester, I was just struggling. I felt so depressed, like what's going on. Then, yeah, I felt the biggest challenges was just, just being away from home and, I mean, I've balanced squash and studies in my life before, you know, like I've done that during high school. I mean, obviously college is tougher, like much more stressed and. Deadlines like are a lot more deadlines. Yeah, yeah. So much assignments, so much work to do. Well, I guess with all, all the other adjustments you had to make, that just made things, uh, made the study uh, part of it that much more uh, difficult for you. Yeah, the, the study is definitely like it's it's different like uh, compared to Malaysia. Like the studies and all like the culture, like the way the te the teachers teach and all those grading systems are all so much different. Mm. So I felt like I was struggling on that in the first semester, and then and being so far away from home obviously affected me a lot. But I feel so much better now, which is actually a good sign. I mean, I feel so much comfortable. I feel like. I feel good here now, so that's great. Good. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I I visited uh, New York City for the first time several years ago with my family, and uh, I loved it. Uh, uh, but I would imagine, obviously, for you, it would be very difficult to to adjust to. But once you do adjust, I mean, there's so much uh, there uh, yeah, in New York, and sorry, so much to look forward to. Like yeah, like yeah, I'm not just thinking about home. I mean, I've got. Yeah, I've got so much more to look forward to rather than going home. I mean, you know, so yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, about the food. Now, that must have been a huge uh, adjustment for you as well. I mean, the Malaysian uh, cuisine is very, uh, very different, very unique, and uh, it's got some of the tastes and the spices that, that you use in your food over there uh, might be difficult to find where where you are yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you you really can't find it here. Like really, yeah. Uh, so what do you do then? Yeah. I mean, I just obviously I I miss home like home food like Malaysian food, but I just got used to it. Like um, I mean, obviously I was struggling like probably the first month, second month, and then I just got used to it eating in the dining halls and like I mean, obviously like I became a much healthier person. Oh yeah, <laughs> like eating. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you mean so I think that's what good. you mean? You mean in the beginning, you you were just eating the the junk food out of the dining halls, but now I mean, you're you've made yeah. you're cooking on your own yeah, more. I uh, cooking on my own, or like just like getting a better food. Like you know how okay. Americans are known for burgers and like mm. fries and things like that. But obviously, yeah. like I'm <laughs> I'm yeah, I got I got better as the time goes because obviously when you're stressed, you just eat junk food and things like that. But I mean, I had to control and like really focus on what I'm doing because I mean, 
health is a big part as well. I mean, you have to be fit to play squash, and oh yeah, if you're not yeah. tough, you know, so. Yeah, if you're gonna yeah, uh, if you're gonna put all that training, all those hours in training, and all the hard work, and, and then you go and, and have a burger after, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I went home for summer and I just ate as much as I could. Like I ate so much, and then <laughs> now I'm looking forward to go back in December and just eat all the food. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, go back home, eat as much as you can, and then uh, get, you yeah. know, even get sick of it. Like, eat so much, you get yeah, sick yeah. of it. And yeah, then... I have to, yeah. And then come come here, and yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your rivalry with uh, Hanya El, El Hamimi. Uh, I think it dates back to when you're, when you're in juniors, and uh, obviously, it, it kind of looks like to me from the outside that... Uh, you're the young generation, the new generation of players that are sort of coming in and, and ready to obviously already uh, challenging the, the top, the usual contenders there. So tell us a little bit about, about your rivalry uh, with her. And I think it dates back to like the British Junior Open or the, or the, world, uh, the world Juniors. Yeah, um, we've been rivals since junior days. Yeah, as you said, like since British Juniors, I mean, I think the first time I played her was um, under 15s in the British Junior, and I won her 3 2 at the time to get my first British Junior title. Wow, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, 3 2, obviously, it was a close match. And then I played her a few times after that. I think, I think it's 4 2 to her now or something like that. But we've got a f- real close matches. I mean, she's definitely gone way further now. I mean, she's. Top ten, she's top ten. Right? Yeah, I think she's I think top. She, she might be eleven or ten in the world now. Yeah. Yeah, she should be higher like next month because she just entered the semis in the world world champs. So. Yeah. But yeah, it's just because she's playing so much tournaments and she's been doing well. Um. Yeah, we've been rivals. Um. She's a good player. I could say like really solid. Um. Solid player. No errors. Um. Mm really confident on court but well um well your styles really are, are quite I mean she like you said she she doesn't make many errors she's fairly conventional with her approach she does have the Egyptian uh, flair as well but you you have a different style and equally as uh, you know, effective I mean you play more of an up-tempo kind of game and you you like to go for your yeah. winners as well so uh, I think when the two of you play it's probably uh, one of the matches uh, people should be watching yeah, I mean, yeah, during World Champs, when I, was, when I was about to play her in the top 16, like everyone said, you got a good draw. I mean, you could go further. And I said, yeah, I mean, obviously I was hoping for that as well, but it did not happen. But I feel, I feel I'm there. It's just, I think it's all about the experience that she's getting playing with big players every mm-hmm. single time, whereas I don't really get that as I'm in college and I don't play much World Series event. Um, I'm happy she's doing well, but I mean, obviously I want to get, I want to get to that kind of ranking as well one day. I mean, she's really young. Like she's, yeah, like my age. And. Well, you've um, taken, you've taken a little bit of a different path than her though, haven't you? I mean, she's, she's playing full time and uh, I mean, you've got to, you're doing your studies and obviously. 
yeah, it's actually really frustrating sometimes to see like all my um, batch, like Hania, Rowan, Zina, and all these Egyptians are just going full time, like just playing squash everywhere on the world. Whereas I'm just playing like five to six tournaments per year, which is actually really frustrating. But also, like if you look on the brighter side, like once I graduate, I'll be having both in me. I mean, hopefully, like my squash would get better as I progress. But also, well, you've like, got quite a few. Uh, you've got some great role models out there. I mean, you've got the current world men's number one who did the same thing and uh also yeah. amanda sobi who uh you know she's number eight yeah. in the world right now and and uh you know that they, they've laid that that's the template uh for them yeah yeah definitely like i mean obviously like ali farag i mean that's that's crazy i mean to be have a graduate and also like world number one i mean nothing is impossible you know like anything can happen anytime I'm just going to stick one step at a time. I mean, focus on myself and like stop comparing myself with others because I feel that sometimes I just compare myself to Hania or Rowan and I'm like, why am I still in the 40s? Like, like ranking wise, why am I still in the 40s? Whereas all of them are like top 20 or top 30. And it's actually frustrating, but like I have to like think of myself and focus on myself more now, yeah. like compared to because I mean, like I did well in the US Open and the World Champs, which is really like a positive thing for me. And I feel that, well, you're studying now. Just imagine if like once you graduate and like if I'm still on that form, what could I do, you know? So I'm just hoping for a positive, yeah, positive outcome to all what I'm going through, you know? Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, you're, I mean, those college years too—they're great years, they're great times, and and those, uh, you know, the matches that you play every weekend. From what I gather, and I've seen a bit of it on, uh, on, uh, on the YouTube and stuff. I mean, the the matches and the the support you get from your teammates and from from the squash uh, uh, people who love squash at the university. I mean, that 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 environment's very—it's uh, unlike anything you yeah. get on the PSA tour, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different. Like, I mean, my I love my team, like the Cornell team. Like, I don't regret coming here. Like, they're like one of the best people I've met in my life. And it's very different because you're doing individually, but also you're doing it as a team. So it's it's very different. Like, it's it's so nice. Like, they always support you. And like, I mean, even the parents are really supportive. Like, all the parents are like, yeah, like when I played US Open, one of my teammates' parents came down to support me and things like that. So it's very different. It's it's good. I mean, I've never played in a like a, a college team before. This is my first time experiencing it, and I feel it's really it's a really great experience. And also, college squash is getting much more competitive. Like mm. everyone else is just yeah, it's it's getting really competitive. Like everyone's just so good and it's not like last time anymore like i mean i don't know how last time is but like a lot of like players are coming into college, u.s college. Oh, def definitely especially like the international kids like many of them are looking to it so well they it's see they see uh, ali farag and amanda sobi and yourself and and uh, several danielle latorno former cornell yeah. uh, holly yeah. Norton, yeah. all these uh great players coming through the college ranks and they say well that that's the way to go get an education yeah. and uh get some good you know development in the squash uh, side of things with a coach like david palmer 
yeah exactly so that's what i'm saying like it's not too bad for me to like not play a few psa tournaments because i'm still going to get tough matches during the weekends playing with other schools and things like that so it's actually not too bad i mean obviously you can't get the ranking because you're not playing psa but it also makes me feel better just to be with the team and i mean yeah they're really supportive like i sometimes i just feel really down not playing the circuit like all the psa tournaments that's coming up during the season but being with the team and it's just a different feeling yeah yeah for sure uh i would imagine it is i i i guess yeah i know i i can imagine what you might be going through but it sounds like you you definitely love things at cornell so keep up the good work and good luck uh this year with with the team now just before uh, just a couple more questions uh Sivasangaria, before you go i just wanted to know i we you mentioned earlier that Raneem uh, Elwalili is one of your idols and uh, obviously another uh great uh, uh, well the queen of squash from malaysia just retired uh, last year uh, obviously Nicole David and uh, I had the, the great pleasure of talking to her on, on my podcast a little while ago. What, uh, what, what, what has Nicole meant to you on, on your journey uh, as a squash player? Obviously being from Malaysia, she um, would have had a, a huge, she's had a huge impact on many, uh, many people in that country, regardless of squ yeah. squash or otherwise. Yeah. Um, obviously I look up to her a lot when I was young and also now, obviously like she's, she's, she, yeah, she's just my idol as well. I mean, she's done a lot of things, a lot of things where other people can't do her achievements. Just, it's just too good. Like I, I think the first time I really met her in person was the world team championship in Paris. I got into the team and I stayed with her in the same room and mm. that's when I yeah that's when I really met her and like talked to her and like be in a team with her which was a real good feeling because she was at the at her peak during that time and I mean she's she's just I'm I'm just seeing from my view she just never gives up and I think also with her hard work is everything like from like you working hard in training and that's how you're going to get your results in tournaments, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I've, I feel like I, I, I have to be like that to be at the top and also out of court, a really nice person, like just really nice heart. Like she, she's not cocky or anything like no. a really humble person. And I mean, if you're at yeah, that, that, level, that, that, that's really impressive, isn't it? For someone who achieved so much, the highest, uh, the peak uh, of, of squash that anyone could ever achieve to be so humble. Yes, yeah, so humble uh, off court and even on court, like she's not, she's mm -hmm. not dirty or whatever. She just plays her squash, just plays her game, doesn't argue much with the referee or whatever. And I mean, I just look up to her. Like she's, yeah, really good off and on court. I mean, I just wish to be like her one day. I mean, obviously it's tough, but she's, well, she, yeah. she definitely did it the right way. I mean, look at uh, one thing I talked to her about uh, was the fact that uh, she was real. I, I think, yeah, never, never had a serious injury. 
Oh yeah, she's yeah. Um, I'm aware about that. Like she's she yeah. Honestly, she had never had a big injury before. Like like how few other players had. And yeah, I that's feel, a, te- a testament to the hard work, isn't it? And, and the training and and the stuff we don't see behind the scenes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously she does a lot of recovering stuff. I mean, she definitely takes care of her body really well. I mean, even when we were in the world teams, she was just always playing squash and then going to physio and like doing things like that. I mean, all those little things in training, which you think is not important, is actually really important for like long term. Mm. And I feel for us, like especially me, like my batch, the juniors, we feel that like cooling down or stretching and all is not important, which I think <laughs> is a really important thing. Yeah. Because yeah. in the future, we might not feel it now, but we would get to trouble in the future. So believe me, I, uh, I I I can be I can speak to that. Uh, I'm I struggle a little bit now. I've played squash since I was uh, quite young, and uh, you know I'm still playing reasonably well. But uh, don't wake up uh, in the mornings. I don't jump out of bed. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. She's, yeah, I mean, I think, like, one of the best moments with her was um, Sea Games, uh, no, Asian Games in Indonesia. It's it's a huge Games for us. I think that's Southeast Asian Games, mm-hmm. when I actually uh, upset Annie Ao in the quarterfinals and then beat Joshna in the semis and played Nicole three two in the finals. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I read about that. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? I mean, to have to to play her and take her to five games. I feel my my I'm I I was so emotional on that day. I mean, I mean, like that's a huge result for me. Like beating Annie Ao and Joshna. Mm, that's absolutely that's so big. Playing Nicole in the finals. I mean. You're playing your own role model, like your idol, your your role model. Like yeah. it's crazy, like in that big stage and playing her three two on her birthday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously a bit disappointing to not get the win, but I mean that was you had to you had to show the respect, right? I, I mean, yeah, obviously respect, but on court, like you can't, you like you have to respect, but. You also, you know, you have to get the win. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the best days of my life because I, I never thought it would. It, I never see it coming. Like playing Nicole in a final big match, and then that was the last Asian Games. Uh, yeah, that was the last Asian Games. So that's right. that's really good. Like you know, so that's amazing, Svasangari. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you, uh, you had for us uh, on the podcast today and, uh, want to wish you uh, all the best, uh, going forward with your recovery, uh, with your, uh, hamstring injury with Cornell and, uh, also with your PSA events. Thanks so much, Svasangari. Thank you so much. Well, that was fantastic. Thanks again to Savasangari for doing that. Uh, as you can see, she's a really, really passionate about the game of squash and um, doing well at Cornell and doing really well on, on the Pro Tour. So look forward to following uh, how things go for her over the next year and going forward, obviously, after that. 
Uh, now, uh, just wanted to make a couple of comments. Uh, probably a few of you watched, uh, have been watching the Channel Bass event. Uh, the first couple of rounds have been very uh, entertaining, uh, particular uh, Misan, uh, sorry, Mezin Hisham uh, played against Diego Elias last night, and that uh, Mezin just came out, shot like a cannon and played extremely well. We all know um, how, just how talented he is with the racket and what he can do. He's probably unlike any other player out there, right, in terms of um, you know his ability to put the ball away, in terms of uh, his deception, and that was on complete display last night. But uh, I think a few episodes ago, I mentioned that I thought, you know, if anyone's going to uh, challenge challenge for that top spot um, anyone outside the you know uh, um, Ali Farag and Mohamed El Shabagi it was going to be uh, and Tarek moment it was going to be um, Diego but uh, something was a bit off last night and, and it seemed that way in the last uh, the last couple of times I've played and I don't I, I've uh, seen him play. Uh, I haven't played him, obviously. Um, but I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering: is he injured, or is he just going through a bit of a funk? Hopefully, he gets, uh, gets over this and begins to to play the type of squash that he's capable of. But he just didn't seem uh, all that inspired last night. I mean, uh, Mezan was certainly inspired, and with that new found fitness that uh, Simon Park and Lee Drew had mentioned. Uh, over, uh, due to uh, his work with uh, Gary Nesbitt, uh, Mezen is going to be definitely a force to be reckoned with, uh, and he could be uh, the one that challenges those guys that are that are currently at the top uh, three or four of the game. He could be the new uh, the new contender uh, coming in. But uh, I I thought it would have been uh, Diego. But I'm not really sure about that now. We'll just have to see how this plays out. Maybe you know maybe he's just going through a bit of a bit of a period where he's not quite sure of his game and maybe hopefully he and Jonathan get together. Jonathan's the guy. Uh, he's been there and done that. So uh, he'll he'll know how to uh, get Diego back on, on the right track or perhaps he is uh, injured and we just don't know uh, know about it. Uh, he's been injured in the past. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully it's nothing serious or, you know, hopefully he just gets his head around what he has to do to uh, take his game to where it should go, that, that next level, and challenge uh, the guys at the top of the game. Uh, he's capable of doing it, and uh, but he didn't, uh, or at least the last few times he's played, he hasn't really shown that, uh, that game uh, that will challenge those guys and playing at that game, playing that type of game on a consistent uh, uh, level. So anyways, that, that's my takeaway from, uh, from that match last night, which was really uh, enthralling just to see how talented and what uh, Mezan can do when he's fully fit because he was, uh, you know, he had one game where he, he didn't play, I think it was the second game he, he played poorly, but uh, a lot of mistakes in that game. That, that's sort of what he's been prone to do in the past when he wasn't uh, fully fit, but he's definitely very fit. And that bodes well for the rest of the season, and it really bodes well for the rest of uh, the Channel Vass event. I mean, we've got uh, uh, Mizan playing against uh, Abulgar in the next round, and we've got some tremendous squash uh, throughout the rest of the event as well. Uh, Mohamed Al Shabagi up against Saraf Gosal. Gosal will want uh, to perform better than he did the in the last event. I think it was in Egypt uh, where he where Mohamed played extremely well and and handled him quite easily. Uh, then we've got uh, Kareem Abdul Gawad, Paul Cole, Joel Macon also in this draw. So the event's uh, shaping up uh, quite nicely.
Lee. Uh, thanks to Danny Lee uh, and his team there at Channel Bass. At uh, any rate, uh, everyone, I would just want to thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I've got a few more upcoming, so stay tuned for those. Enjoy your squash, most importantly, and uh, also enjoy your weekend. It's the weekend uh, here in the UAE. It's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday weekends in, in this country. So uh, I'll be hoping to get out on the squash court, maybe uh, limber up a little bit beforehand. I'm feeling a bit, little bit stiff at the moment, so uh, maybe get a little bit of yoga and get into the swimming pool, loosen up a bit, and hopefully uh, play some good squash. And I hope you uh, have a good, uh, good weekend of squash yourselves, and take care. Talk to you soon. Goodbye now.